Around this time last year, I started sending out semi-regular newsletters full of love notes and poetry. They followed my journey of healing, but now I'm being called to reflect, to reread, and ultimately to speak life into them, to continue down this path, to grow and to learn, and to find out what's next. May 8th. 2019. Love, the last month has been an excursion in rewiring my brain. I've been actively changing my routine and completely immersing myself in ideas I want to explore, filtering out all the filler. I've been realising I not only don't miss things like my Facebook feed, I sometimes completely forget they exist. The brain is a fucking wild synaptic machine and I've been feeling like a wild scientist experimenting on myself. It's fun and I'm learning. I'm learning how writing can turn my scorched earth into disco dancing wildflowers. I'm learning how to build nests for imminent phoenixes circling like storms or symphonies. I'm learning how to die every day and dance with my devils around every fresh tombstone like an ancestor appearing in the flames of a million campfires. Safety goggles on, grab the beakers and the Bunsen burners. Today's trip is all over the map. Everything I've learnt in life with 2019 annotations. In honour of Taurus season, I'm revisiting a blog I posted for my 24th birthday because, you know, I'm so much wiser now. The theme of this year for me has been about healing and in doing so I've dug up years of old journals and have been digging in and writing about my past as an attempt to heal my core wounds. I've been surprised, but also kind of not surprised at all at how smart I used to be. Mostly I've been completely smashed open by how overwhelming it is to remember. For my whole life I thought I just had a bad memory but there is a whole chunk of my life that I've suppressed and I've come to realise I subconsciously repress lots of memories, not just the ones my ego thinks are too painful. So here it is, all the things I've learnt in life with 2019 annotations. Another birthday has come and gone and I always get reflective and melancholy around this time. I'm pretty sure it's been this way since I was about seven so it doesn't make a whole heap of sense or hold a lot of gravitas. Okay, this is the 2019 annotation. Right now I'm at a point in my journey where I'm questioning everything I feel which makes me happy to know I must be growing because clearly I wasn't doing this in 2016. I was accepting myself for what I was instead of wondering why I am the way I am. My first instinct as Zoe of 2019 is to question why I get reflective and melancholy around my birthday. My initial thought is all of the birthdays my parents missed. Realistically, I think this happened twice. Their annual work conference always seemed to land around mid-May, and I think once they were in Malaysia visiting my sister. 
but formative years really seem to mess with your perception of time and importance and how they form you and everything. It seems obvious to me now that in doing this, my 10-year-old brain made the assumptions that my parents valued their work and my siblings over me. Adult brain can rationalise, but the emotional energy has lived here too long to undo the subconscious belief. How has this shaped me? Now my thoughts go to how I spend my birthdays and forever the mental image of my birthday has been me in my bedroom, a room disconnected from my house that was a breeding ground for mould and I realised years later was the reason I always got sick as a teenager. Alone in my bedroom because my boyfriend had gone home to his parents' house. Don't even get me started. (laughs) I'm on the bed that my dad made me and I painted lime green surrounded by the paintings I did while sometimes high (laughs) and often with hair dye glued on top of my head and my pretty woman and Marilyn Monroe posters obviously all around me while eating a veggie whopper why the fuck is this my mental image of my birthday (laughs) and that's too hard let's try an easier question Why have I eaten a Whopper on my birthday for the last 11 years? I'm right now having the realisation it's because of the association I have with going to my fake grandparents' house and having Hungry Jacks with them. I think they are the most pure form of being loved, but I think them not being my actual related-by-blood grandparents has fucked up my idea of pure love and love itself not being real. Interesting. I should probably visit their graves and or even acknowledge that they've died at some point. Why am I avoiding that? Is it because the two people that loved me, that I believed was unconditionally, actually did have conditions because they weren't actually related to me? But then that brings up the questions of what family really is. And just because you're connected by blood or marriage doesn't mean anything about love. And also, they fucking died. So where does that stand on conditions of being loved? How can they love me when they aren't here? And how can I apologise for how shitty of a quote-unquote granddaughter I was? Why wasn't I there when my grandmother passed away? Right, where were we? Back to 2016. I've learnt a lot of life lessons in my years and I thought I'd share them in hope to learn some more lessons from people who are much smarter than me. 2019. Okay, first of all, the number one thing I've learned since writing this is that no one is actually any smarter or has more lessons to share than anyone else. I used to put people, especially businesswomen and entrepreneurs, on these pedestals of epic proportions. Then I met them all and realised that most of them maybe weren't worth all of my attention. But you know who will always deserve all of your attention and will teach you all the lessons you need to learn? your goddamn self. Why am I so angry? 2016. Number one, you will meet people who get you. In high school, all the adults told you that come uni, you'd meet people more like you than anyone in your small town. These new people would have wide open minds and big dreams and together you would have the world at your feet. That won't actually happen. At least not in the first few years. But slowly, slowly, gradually you'll get there. 
You'll go from rages at 17 with 100 people invited to one day sitting down thinking about who to invite over for birthday drinks and realise that the friends you can now count on your fingers are the very people you can spend days on end with or not talk to for months and pick up where you left off as if no time had passed. Or talk to about the entire universe and its meaning. Or drink with until four in the morning gossiping about cringeworthy blog posts and making flatbread. You'll find your ride or die, and when you do, hold on tight. 2019. Or you know what? Don't hold on tight. Let people go. If they don't come back, they weren't really yours to begin with. And maybe you just needed them for a certain season or reason of your life. Don't waste time loving those who don't love you straight back. It doesn't have to be right or die. I know it feels like it's right or die with everyone you meet, especially when your overactive imagination shows you a whole fictitious life with everyone you come across. But it can just be ride for this moment in time or ride and learn a lesson from this person or just ride and see what happens or not even ride it can be talk or work or walk it's not all or nothing just a little bit can be all you need 2016 lesson two you're going to get smarter and braver and become the person you want to be when you were a teenager, you'd often write in your diary about knowing the kind of woman you wanted to be, but not knowing how to get there. That's not gone yet. But when you think about the years since graduating, you'll see how far you've come with what you've learnt, your opinions, the snap judgment or lack thereof, when you meet people you wouldn't usually have associated with. You'll find yourself doing things your teenage self would never have even thought possible for you. And that will feel incredible. 2019. True this. I used to picture this woman every fucking day and I never do that anymore. Now I know I am that woman. Day to day, hour to hour, I can step into her essence and be more than I ever thought possible. 2016. Lesson three. You must travel. Sometimes, upon returning home, you'll think about the $30,000 you saved for your trip and wonder if it would have been better spent on a house deposit than a fleeting experience. But you can't do that. It's something that you had to do and something you will continue to have to do. Those itchy feet and bird-like feelings will return and you'll still have a yoga mat and a sleeping bag in your car for just in case. 2019 big oof <laughs> still very this 2016 travel is the biggest teacher which has its pros and cons sometimes you'll learn things about yourself that you don't really want to but you'll also always have that time on that bus on the southeast coast of england that brought the most incredible clarity and realizations about life the universe and everything which remains your mantra on bad days or the time that Spain was kicking your ass and everything was going wrong in that way, that everything goes wrong all at the same time. And then you saw that painting that you'd studied in school and the security guards had to kick you out of the art gallery because you had stayed there all day without realising. So travel. Just go. Four. You'll get your heart broken. It will tear you apart 
and with the torn up scraps of flesh you'll build yourself again, this time with all the cracks filled with gold. 2019. Sometimes when things break, the pieces will be big enough to put back together. Sometimes they'll fucking shatter. But you'll learn to see the fun of making an omelette when your eggshell smashes beyond repair. And no, I still haven't come up with a vegan alternative to this. 2016 Lesson 5 It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you deal with it. Some of the best people you'll ever know are the ones who have had been dealt the shittiest hands, but you'd never even know about it. 2019. When I wrote this, I thought of dealing with your cards as your front to the world. I've come to realise that facades mean absolutely nothing, and you actually need to deal, sorry about that pun, with your shit. Your poker face doesn't matter. You have to actually heal your shitty hand. 2016, number six. Retain your naivety. I don't know how to pronounce this word, I'll be honest. I think I've only ever written it. Naivete. Naivety. Retain your naivety for as long as you can. People will give you things if you just ask. Find that person's email address, send them that email, start that business with no thought of funding or business plans or what ROI or USB means. If you knew all those things or stopped to think about what could actually go wrong, you'd never do it. So stay hungry and stay foolish. 7. Actions speak louder than words. The more you hang out with business people the more you'll hear all these wonderful ideas for projects that never, ever come to fruition. Talk is incredibly cheap and boring. Eight. A lot of boys will say a lot of things they don't even mean a little bit. Nine. Girls will too. Ten. Give away the things that you need. You know those days where you really need an extra dose of love or encouragement or inspiration? Give that to other people. You'll receive what you give freely, whether that's positive or negative. And on that note, 11. The places where you struggle the most are the places where you have the most to give. You are the expert in the field of where you struggle anxiety, divorce, time or money management, even the act of other people simply knowing that you struggle in a similar way to them will be more reassuring and helpful than you could ever imagine. 12. If you can help teach someone something, do it. People who worry that teaching someone else will put them out of a job are not as good as they think they are at that thing. 13. You create your own luck. There is such a thing as being in the right place at the right time, but a much bigger thing is having the know-how when you're in that once-in-a-lifetime situation. The biggest thing of all is creating those once-in-a-lifetime moments for yourself. See, naivety, and just asking, and 
being brave. 14. Things don't always happen for a reason, especially not in the short term. Don't waste time looking for the deeper meaning. Shit happens. Find a way to clean it up. 2019 annotation. All I do now is spend time slash waste time looking for deeper meaning and it's made me happier than ever. Heal that wasteland, mama. You can clean the shit up all day long or you can find out where the shit is coming from and turn that tap off. 15. Women's intuition is never wrong about places, people, situations, anything. 16. It's okay to be different. You spent way too long worrying about being different from your outgoing, confident and happy-go-lucky mother and brother. Family trips with other families always saw a lot of time alone in your room, utterly drained and much happier with a book or writing in your journal. It will take you far too long to realise that you aren't any lesser. You're just different. When you figure that out, a whole damn lot of your past will make more sense. 2019 Once you make these connections about your life, though, keep questioning them. Why did you feel lesser for being different? Because you thought your mum wouldn't love you as much as your brother? How deeply has this not being enoughness or insert personal underlying belief about yourself that keeps fucking your life up ingrained in your subconscious and how can we heal it? 2016 Lesson 17. You need to eat twice as many vegetables as you currently are. Dark green leafies especially. 2019. God damn it past and also present though. 2016. Lesson 18. Do what you love. Maybe not for your job. Not everyone can be that lucky and... Even a passion can turn into work when it's your livelihood at stake. But you need to do what you love every day. Sing, paint, walk through nature, listen to music. Joy nourishes your soul. 19. You can't compare your chapter 1 to someone else's chapter 20. And you definitely can't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's social media highlight reel. 2019. Just fuck social media in general and fuck comparison. Raise your vibration, create something, have real connections with people. 2016. Lesson 20. Forgiveness is a gift you have to give yourself. Cue that scene of Carrie Bradshaw repeating, you have to forgive me, Aiden. you have to. Only this time it's you at yourself. You'll harbour guilt about the shitty things you did when you were younger or how terrible a friend you've been recently or how much work you should be doing. The only way to move forward and get better is to forgive. 2019 and if it has to be every fucking day that's okay side note apparently i like public swearing now 
2016, lesson 21. You've survived 100% of your worst days. You can get through one more. You remember the worst day of your life when you didn't think you could possibly continue? Guess what? You did. You can continue through this one too. Number 22. You'll never have enough time to read all the books you want to read. Life is too short to keep reading books you don't enjoy. Same goes for bad wine, uncomfortable massages, sleazy guys with cheesy wake-up lines and terrible sci-fi movies. 2019. Okay, but for real past Zoe, give Star Wars one more chance. In a couple of years, you're going to have a dog called Padme, pictures of Carrie Fisher above your desk, and be itching out of your skin for episode 9. 2016, lesson 23. You're allowed to say no. Lesson 24. All we have is love and fear. Challenge the fear. Embrace the love. 2019. I feel like I should insert three more lessons, but really, what's the point? Future me is going to tear me a new one no matter what wisdom I try to impart. Just keep learning about yourself, so get to the bottom of this. Let me know what you find. I'll see you on the other side.